Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and there is properly planned Nikki Kinzer. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Oh, hi. Oh, it's a fine day to see you here. It's podcast. Uh, yes. We are kicking off our uh, a, a series here. We're talking about planning. Mm, something I love. Yeah, yeah. That is a thing that we love and makes the ADHD brain go into fireworks. Yes. (laughs) And so we're going to talk about that. Specifically, as we talk about today, what we're going to get out of today is we're talking about what are planning systems and planning tools and the things that, what do we think of when we think of planning tools versus what are they really? And what happens when they fall apart? And and so we're going to talk about that. And I actually think this is a great conversation, particularly on the heels of our uh, optimism, joy conversations, because... um, you know, it's it's pretty easy to hypergeneralize when things go south with ADHD. But what does that model tell us from our optimism conversation about what is really going on there? And how might we reframe what we think of yes. when things go south in planning? So I love that. That's yeah, good. that's great connection there, Pete, right? Before we dig into that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com and get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list and uh, we'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. Don't forget Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. It's all Take Control ADHD. And we'd love to have you hang out in the Take Control ADHD Discord server. TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord to sign up. It'll whisk you over to the general invitation page. And I just have to say, you know, if you were to sign up to Patreon, you get access to all kinds of extra Discord channels. And one of those channels includes, in the deluxe level or better, includes our live stream channel where you can, yes, of course, you could watch along and chat along with the show that we are recording right now. But most especially, we have special events. And as we record this last night, we released part one of our special event for members, which is Take Control ADHD and D where Nikki, Marion, Brian, and uh, I all formed a party, the Four Eyes. We made a glasses joke. And Melissa, Discord mom, now DM, guided us through a, a two and a half hour part one of a D&D campaign. And it was so much fun. 
It was so much fun. Most of us are total novices. We had a blast. And thank you for everyone who showed up for part one. And you only get that if you are a member. So patreon.com slash take control ADHD, sign up. You'll get all other stuff in addition to special events like Take Control ADHD. If you're curious, if you've listened to the podcast for a long time and you want to see what Nikki Kinzer CSI is really like, <laughs> you, and you owe it to yourself to I'm sign up. I'm pretty good at it. Oh my goodness, lie. she wanted paw prints from this I wanted She was paw trying prints. to do paw prints and impressions and goodness, she Every goes paw deep. Print it's a little is intimidating. Different. Of course, and there were. I, I don't think I'm exaggerating. A lot of cats. There were a lot of cats to, t- <laughs> to take paw prints of. <laughs> so uh, you've heard me say it. Patreon is listener-supported podcasting. With a few dollars a month, you help guarantee that we continue to grow this show, add new features, and invest more heavily in our wonderful community. Again, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Thank you so much for, to all of our existing members and to those on the fence. Water's warm. Come on in. All right, Nikki, we're talking about planning systems. Yes, and why they fail. Yeah. So why we're kind fail? of starting in a in an interesting place, right? Because we're starting of, of where they fail. But I think it's really important that we do understand why they may not be working so that we can take this information and actually start to build things that do work. So we're starting with systems failing because I think it's one of those things that when we build awareness around what's happening, then we can take that information and actually use it to build something that will work. And uh, so even though it seems kind of strange that we're starting here, I think, you know, it actually really makes sense to to figure out, you know, what, what is working and understanding why things aren't working. So, but we might want to start with what a planning system is, don't you? That's think? That's what I'm hoping we'll do. Is let's let's back it up even further and talk about what it means to have a planning system and what we are counting on our planning system to do for us. Because right. I think that's where a lot of confusion comes in when planning systems fail. Exactly. And what are you using? What tools for? So yeah. A a planning system and the way that we're talking about it is that you have the tools in place to stay organized and track your projects. And with those tools, you have a routine that's based on how to keep these tools updated. And then you use these tools to help you conduct long-term, monthly, weekly, and daily plans. And uh, building a planning system takes probably a lot more time than people expect, attention, and a lot of intentional thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's not just plans like for work or like, what am I going to do at work today? Or um, it it also includes your weekend plans. What am I going to do today at home? Or how do I plan to get my house clean? How do I plan meals for during the week, right? A There's so much is, planning. Yeah, it's anything that assigns an activity to time. Anything. Yes. And anything. I, I think we lose track of that too, because we think, oh, well, I'm going to sit down and play some video games. Well, 
okay, but that tends to be kind of black hole time if you're not really thinking about it. And you're mm-hmm. absolutely infringing on other plans of act- assigning activity to time if you haven't approached leisure time with um, sort of intention. So mm-hmm. anything that associates activity to time, that's a plan. Right. Absolutely. And I think to your point, it's not always about being productive. We can plan our downtime. We can plan the time that we want to spend with loved ones, right? Right. But all of that, like if you have a friend and you want to go see them for lunch, some planning has to come from that right? to make that lunch happen, right? So yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So it's not uncommon to... uh, talk about planning and talk about calendars and task managers and having that feedback from people that say, I've tried everything. I have everything. Look at all of the journals and planners I have and literally seeing like stacks of them, um, downloading a lot of different task manager systems from listening to us. Mm -hmm. I can imagine that probably, you know, a big percentage of our audience has tried to do us things and probably now tick tick because we've mm-hmm. been, you know we're using that now so they hear something and then they want to 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 start and and review it but yeah you're saying they but really you're saying you Pete because remember i am also a task <laughs> management planner addict like i have a problem i recognize it i've used them all for many of the reasons we're talking about today right you know though I don't, I don't think it's necessary. I think you're kind of an interesting person. <laughs> well, <laughs> for that's many loaded. reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but in this situation, it's interesting because I think, yeah, your curiosity certainly gets the best of you and you want to check things out. But mm-hmm. you're also very loyal. I don't think you move to anything unless you really, really think it's going to be a better move for you. And, you know, your systems are really solid and your routine is really solid. And I think where you show a very good example is that the tool is really just the tool. What you bring to the tool is very unique and and loyal. You're very loyal to that routine. Like you, you have gotten to the point where you understand that I have to rely on these systems to know what I'm doing today. Well, I appreciate that reflection, which I think also may make me uh, patient zero when it comes to when task management systems fail. Like, I, I feel like I've learned and been burned so many times that I actually I think I, I have a, a bit of resilience when it comes to that. But it comes yeah. to, you know, understanding what they're really for. So that's the that's the thing I think that's important for us to set out first. Yes. Um, so now we have this assigning task management or assigning activity to time. Let's talk about what these things are are really for. What what they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the tools that are required is is a calendar. Mm-hmm. Right. You need to know um, when you have appointments, what time the appointments are. And so you have to have that kind of visualization. Now, mm-hmm. this is where it gets a little tricky because some companies, and I, I find that this is more true than I thought it was uh, with our membership program, is that some companies only allow you to have Microsoft products, right? Mm-hmm. So they have to use, I believe that's Outlook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
they don't want to put their personal into their work calendar. So there are going to be situations where you might have a work calendar and you have a personal calendar. So there might be some people who have two different calendars. There might be some people like you and I who we are not restricted for that. So we have one calendar. We have 24 hours in the day and this is how it's being spent. So when we talk about these tools, I understand and I want to make sure that we leave room for that flexibility for people. What we don't want is five different calendars and we don't know what is going on where and we're not checking those calendars and making sure that we're not overbooking or overcommitting ourselves. So the, the calendar, what I have found is that most ADHDers are doing really good in the calendar. They really have it. <laughs> They have it down, like they know where they're going to put things. Um, and and that's that's very positive. And yeah, if you don't, great. you can you can figure it out pretty quickly. I think the calendar is a lot more easy to manage than the than the tasks. Why are tasks so hard? Oh, my gosh, because there's so many of them. Mm -hmm. There's so many projects, there's so many tasks and so much to do and how do you keep track of all of that? Part of our methodology is for tasks that are hard to to wrap your head around, to break them down into even smaller tasks. Like tasks yes. are gremlins that you've fed after midnight, right? They will expand and uh, multiply. Absolutely. And they that's do. hard. Yeah. That's, it's very difficult. So that's a lot harder to figure out, which... Uh, you know, it takes some time. It takes some time to figure out what's going to work for you. It also, one of the things I have found in my um, membership too, is that most ADHDers like to have a combination of both. They like to have a digital system and they like to have a written, some kind of written system. Mm -hmm. And something that we have kind of found to be a, a happy medium is again, being really clear how you're using those two platforms. But uh, a lot of people will use kind of project management in the digital form, because it's easier to take a project into Todoist, and then start to section that into different categories and start to assign different tasks. It's easier to see, it's easier to move things around. Um, you're not having to rewrite things, you know, um, because if you try to do that on paper, that paper just gets lost and it's it's hard. It's hard. But they still like to see that daily list. So a lot of times people will have that digital project manager and then they'll look at that on a daily basis and write down on a planner or a to-do list. These are my top three things to do today. Yeah, yeah. All right. So with these systems, we need to trust them. And yes. this is where I'm going to start with why systems fail uh, is because we don't trust them. We don't use them. And what I'm talking about when I say trust is that you believe that you will find what you need when you need it. When you look at your calendar, you believe it's going to be honest and tell you where you need to be today. When mm -hmm. you look at your task manager, you're going to believe that it's updated enough for you to kind of at least get started on what your priorities are going to be for, for today. So we have to build trust. And uh, there are many reasons why we don't trust our tools. And that's what we're going to explore today. Okay. 
So finding what you need when you need it, that is a staple we've been talking about for 15 years, right? Definition of organization. Core principles, right? Yes. What is it that causes the fibers of trust to be cut in in terms of our behavior? Yes. Well, the first uh, area I want to look at is I think that people often confuse the job of what a task manager does. It's interesting because I definitely have questions that come up about what goes into a calendar, what goes into the task manager. Um, The task manager is doing its job if it's telling you what your next task is, right? Or if it's Mm -hmm. telling you what's due today. Um, If tasks are not getting done or you're seeing a lot of um, past due dates, and you're going into your task manager and you're just overwhelmed because the list is so big, um, the, it, your task manager is still doing its job. Right, right. So it's doing what it's supposed to do. It doesn't mean that you should now go get a new task manager. Because, <laughs> right. Right? Right. This is my challenge, right? You see a bunch of red tasks and it's very easy to assume that the red tasks are the task manager's fault. And you can rationalize that any number of ways. Oh, anyway. you know, I remember, you know, when we were first using OmniFocus, that was a huge complaint that the tasks, the overdue tasks are red. Well, they're red because you see it. It stands out. But also red has an emotional color when you are feeling stressed and it makes you feel worse, right? It can yes. make you feel worse if you have assigned that sort of, you've wired your brain as red means bad. And all it's saying, all the task manager is doing is saying, Red means overdue. It's not a judgment. It just means you asked the task manager to tell you that this thing was due and you didn't do it. And now it's showing as red because it's not done. That's all. There is no judgment. There's no emotion. Your task manager does not feel anything ever. It does not feel. And because of that, I think that emotion gets in the way and then we immediately think, okay, well, this isn't working for me. So I need to find something different. So we really do need to be, just be clear of what the, what is the job of the task manager? And maybe we need to review how you're using the task manager versus just going and getting a new one. Right. And Um, and I did want to say, I know, I just want to say as a caveat, because I I know people are listening to this and being like, well, yes, Pete. So I feel bad. So is that my fault or... OmniFocus's fault. Well, I should just reflect on, I don't use OmniFocus. <laughs> I use DickTick. And in fact, they're still red. It's just less red. And the whole point is, once you find a home, understanding that the task manager was designed in a certain way is, is the thing that, that we're trying to free ourselves from judgment from, right? It's not the task manager's fault that you didn't have time to finish all the tasks that you thought you were going to do, but I still understand taste. <laughs> and, and yes, so those two things have to be in alignment at some level. And that's right. kind of not the point, but anyway. Yeah, no, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, you do yeah. have to like what you're what you're looking at, and yes. I think it's a it's a really good point around the emotional piece of it. And I think that we really have to separate the emotion um, from the task manager itself as well. Not only is it's doing its job, but like you said, there's no judgment, and mm-hmm. so um, it is just a tool. And so we need to work through those those issues of, uh, whatever those emotions that are coming up, you know, whether it is shame, embarrassment, 
frustration. Um, but one of the things that I try to teach in the membership program is that we don't want to fear changing our dates. We don't want to fear these these due dates because a lot of times we put due dates in that aren't really real due dates. We're just yeah. putting expectations on ourselves. So part of the program that that I do with GPS is not about getting more work done. It's about really being realistic about what you can do and planning accordingly and being okay to move these things around. It is yeah. okay to say, I'm not going to get to this until next Wednesday. So let's move the date to next Wednesday so that you don't have to keep looking at, the, looking at it and, and feeling and this, bad about it. Yes. And this is another area where, guess what? Your calendar and your task management system are not judging you. Exactly. They don't care that you're moving things around. Now, the problem that I carry forward is that when I start moving dates around for the work, I am using this sort of anthropomorphized calendar that I might sometimes think is judging me as a vessel for the judgment that I feel from other people when I'm slipping deadlines, when I'm missing things, when I'm dropping, dropping mm -hmm. pro proverbial balls. And I, I recognize that that is an emotional connection that is e effectively uh, nonsense, right? As long as I'm communicating clearly, you it's nonsense, it. right? You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. As yeah. long as you're communicating and not hiding from it, mm -hmm. you're fine. Right. 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 But but I also have this and I know this is one of the points we wanted to talk about is it like I also have this sort of image in my head of what perfect looks like. And perfect yeah. means everything I agree that I with myself that I'm going to do on a given day, I'm able to do and deliver. And at the end of the day, my task list for the day is clear and I can see clearly what I'm going to do tomorrow. And at mm -hmm. four o'clock in the afternoon, when my plan for tomorrow task comes up, I'm ready to go. And mm -hmm. That doesn't always happen. No. And getting okay with that has to be part of job number one, right? Yes. Yes. And perfectionism gets in the way. And that is one of the reasons why our systems fail, not yes. only because of what you just explained, but just in the basic setup of using a new system. If you have bought a new planner or you've decided to do bullet journaling or you've decided to download TickTick, there's this perfectionism that happens where I've had people actually tell me that they can't write in their bullet journal because they just don't want to mess it up. They want it to be perfect. You know, the yeah. first moment they start to outline something. So what is the first um, thing you say to somebody who says that to you? You have to let it go. Yeah. Because when you're first starting a system out, you will it, perfect doesn't even exist until mm -hmm. you work with the system. Until you're actually in it, working in it, you won't know what works or what doesn't. So we have to get something in there. And for an online digital system, especially because, Pete, how many times have you changed your categories, your projects, your subtasks, your, the way that you title things? I do it all the time. Um, I can't tell you how many times I have redone GPS membership on my task list as a yeah. category. And then what are the projects under that? What are the areas? Like, I'm always constantly redoing it. So perfection is it doesn't happen. And if you think it's going to happen, it never does. And then guess what happens? You drop the system. Yeah. Because you yeah. couldn't get it right. You couldn't figure it out. You didn't, you didn't try. So it's gone.
I think that's an amazing observation. And I've been trying to wrap my head around it. There was a there. <laughs> this is going to sound like an, a, a weird, a weird journey around the block, but I promise I'll get to a point. There is a, a wonderful photo in a in a, a technology like coffee table book that is de dedicated to Apple technology. Mm -hmm. And in there is a first generation iPhone. And it looks like it's been run over by a truck. It is battered and scratched and dented and all this. And it turns out that phone belonged to a lead design engineer on the Apple, on the iPhone platform. Like she, that was her personal phone. And you look at it, you think she used the hell out of it, right? She let, it must have let animals chew it. Like it was as lived in as anything. And it looked like, you know, Star Wars nerds are going to recognize this. It looked like the Millennium Falcon, right? It was mm -hmm. a an object that lived through some stuff. Yeah. I can't get there <laughs> with my technology. But I kind of feel like that's the destination we need to get there for our our systems, right? Our systems should be lived in. They should be torn up. They should be used. Mm -hmm. That's evidence of progress. And right. digitally, it's what does that look like for you? Does it look like lots of brainstorming documents or entire sections in your tick tick that are tasks that maybe you'll do, maybe you won't, you just have to get them out of your head? Are, are those the effectively the book book ended or, or dog eared pages of your of your bullet journal? Like is your bullet journal scratched up and messy? And, and like, that's the that's the piece I think we have to get, wrap our, our head around, which is it's okay to live in our stuff, mm -hmm. digital stuff, physical stuff. It's okay to live in our stuff. And mm -hmm. I know that's a thing I have to work on too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's, it, it's, it, it just, it is what it is. It's like going to get messy. Are, yeah. We're messy animals and it's okay. Yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. Well, and with that being said, I think the next the next piece really connects with what you're saying is you never finished setting up the system in the first place. And perfectionism might be a reason for that, right? Because you never could really get it right. Um, but there's another thing that happens that I don't think people necessarily think about. And I really didn't think about it either until I really did a lot more with planning and really digging into the GPS uh, membership. Yeah. Is what is your workflow? Because when we say that, that can mean a lot of different things. But what I'm looking at is how do you process your work? How do you keep track of it? Um, if you have a, a project, how do you want to organize it in a way that you can see what's going on? And that's not natural for ADHD. It's not a natural yeah. thing to think about. So we'll download a program and just start kind of throwing things in there without really thinking about what do I really need? Do I need to have a folder for each of my employees? Do I need to have a folder for marketing? How does that look? And really yeah. taking some time to think about, you know, if email, and this is not a show about email, but I'm just going to mention it because it's mm -hmm. a part of the to-do list. You have an email that has an action that you have to do. Where does that go? Yeah. Is it staying in your email or is it going on to a task manager? So it's these workflows that we're not paying enough attention. And if we're not clear, then building a system gets very complicated and very confusing very quickly. And well, I'm going to walk away from it. 
Because the other thing that happens is ADHDers tend to overcomplicate and they think too much. I don't know what you're talking about. You shut your mouth. And I don't know what I you're know saying. It's a hard reality. And I have learned so much with this GPS membership, believe me, um, because I have to catch people because I'll work with them individually, right? Outside of the membership to help them build their systems. Yeah, right. And they get stuck with, okay, I have this task and it's in the inbox, right? I thought about it. I put it in the inbox. Yay. That's like, that's huge, right? That's a step that we want yes. you to do. You put it in the inbox. But now I don't know if it goes under marketing or does it go under this and or does it go under because it could really go under these three different places. So we have to be like, OK, you know what? Just stick it here. Uh -huh. <laughs> Put a date on it, because yeah. as long as it has a date, it's going to come back in front of you. But we need to not worry so much about all of the categories, subcategories, projects, subprojects, right? But, oh, man, you can you can get so hung up there that yeah. it, you drop the system. So right. we're talking about what makes systems fail. That is one of them. I think there's a there's an associated um, uh, relationship to your technology and systems and trust. And that is like, at what point do you get over filing in the first place, right? And, exactly. Uh, and I think you came to that uh, that lesson some years ago where it's just like, you know, if it if it's not involved in a specific project or a trip that's coming up, it just goes into the archive and trust becomes an act of trusting search and being able to mm -hmm. find the stuff that you need when you need it means can I trust the search in Gmail to to surface the emails as reference that I that I need? Or can I trust the search in my system like Todoist or TickTick to actually find the task that I need? What you're talking about with task systems, setting a date to make sure that it comes back in front of you is a number one. Like mm -hmm. if 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 a list isn't just an intentional, you know, brainstorming list, if there's an act action associated with time, it's got to have a date. Yeah. Even to. if you don't do it on that date, it's got to yeah. have a date or you'll you never see it You have to have again. it come back in front of you. You have to have it come back. But the rest of it is being being able to trust the tools that are being in, designed to help you solve these problems and trusting those features is hard because I guarantee you, I ask anyone in our community, anyone in a happy hour, anyone in, in a Pete's coffee, uh, and I'm going to say, when has search failed you? And everyone will find an example, if not multiple. Yeah. But if you come back and say, when has search saved you? They, they can't really think of it because it happens every day. It's like air, right? right? It's it's everywhere. And right. that's the that's trust is being able yeah. to get to the point where you reduce the number of times when it fails you and you don't even think about the times it, it's successful. Mm -hmm. Well, and one of the things that, you know, I try to be really sensitive to digital and paper, um, but I will be honest, and I think, Pete, you'll probably agree with me. There are just so many positives of having a digital system of some sort. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily be the, you know, the one that like is still incorporating paper. But the, the thing that, that systems do digitally that paper just can't do is it can't get lost. It's, it's, in, your, it's in your computer. It's in the cloud, whatever. Um, and there's a sense of, um, oh, what do I want to say? Uh, it's uh, streamlining your processes. 
So if you have a way to make things easier and simpler, like by adding a template, by adding reoccurring tasks, by saying, every time I add a new client, these are the steps I go through. And that is already in a system that you can just duplicate every single time you have a new client. There's a lot of efficiency that happens there. So I know a lot of people get scared of, not a lot of people. I mean, again, I think there's usually a a mixture, but there's a good case of thinking digitally in some of this stuff, you know, just because of that. Um, It would terrify me to go back to a paper planner and, you know, and only have one that for decades. Yeah. Right. But to only have that as the single source of truth, even right now, paper is not truth. Paper is temporary. Paper mm-hmm. is a thing I write down because of context. And as soon as I get to a point where I can put it in a digital system, I do and then throw away the paper. And that's really key. Like I throw away the paper because if I don't throw away the paper, I d- paper, I don't know I did anything with it. It's and right. I'll end up doing the same thing again and again. Over so and over stuff again. out if I want to keep using that sheet or or throw away the paper. That's yeah. That's huge. That's huge. Well, and something that we aren't talking about today, um, but I think is important to think about is these systems do work when you have a routine around them, right? So the very Mm -hmm. second thing I said when we were explaining systems is that you have a routine based on how to keep these tools updated. And that goes back to the trust that um, a lot of people might think, well, if if it's in the computer system or if it's in the computer, out of sight, out of mind, but that's where your routines come into play, where it does, it's no longer outside, out of mind, because the first thing I do when I get in the morning is I look at my calendar, what do I have on the schedule today? And then I look at my task manager. It, ha- it becomes a routine. It becomes something that you do open. And so the fear of it being out of sight, out of mind, you know, well, you lose that paper too. You have to kind of balance the pros and the cons. Yeah, um, for sure. But anyway, we're not talking about routines at this point. Uh, the other reason that sometimes these systems fail is we're trying to duplicate a system that someone has shared, but it's not ADHD friendly. So when we look at all of the greatest time managers, productivity speakers in the world, you know, they're not writing to ADHD. Um, and they, they'll they have aspects that are really great, but then they have aspects that really suck for yeah. ADHD. So we have to be really careful that when you find something that resonates with you, that you don't um, get into that absolute thinking where it has to be exactly the way this person has laid out or it's not good enough. We have to, again, watch that perfectionism and not try to do something exactly like someone else. And that includes another ADHDer. So if you go onto YouTube and you, you, you know, you uh, Google Pete Wright and TickTick and Pete happens to have this, you know, video of how he uses TickTick. The goal is not to duplicate exactly what Pete Wright does. Please don't. (laughs) For the love of God, (laughs) please don't. (laughs) 
<laughs> the goal is to take what resonates and then tweak it for you because yeah. you're you have a unique way of doing it. And that's what I tell people in GPS too is that everyone is going to have their own GPS system. I mm-hmm. have a process that I uh, guide them through during our sessions, but that looks different for everyone. And it's so interesting to me how, um, you know, it looks, it just looks different. You know, again, you might have two calendars you have to look at, or you might have something that is totally random that no one else has, but you have to put that into your system. So it's really being able to practice and make the adjustments that make sense to you. So don't try to duplicate and copy exactly. Well, and, and I would say as a corollary to that, that's why it's really hard. And I think I have have moved away from recommending specific apps. I'll mm-hmm. tell you what I use, but I'm not going to recommend this is the a number one best thing that you could ever possibly use because I don't think it exists, right? Yeah, because doesn't. all of this stuff is so personal. If red tasks in OmniFocus d- don't light your fire, then OmniFocus isn't for you. But if you have an engineering brain and you want to tweak everything and create all of the kinds of, of views that you could possibly create, OmniFocus may be perfect for you. The trick is, d- what features are you looking for to make ADHD planning you know, work for you? And a lot of different tools have that, right? right. You've got to have tags, uh, having lists, having sort of saved, saved views, like or filters that you can, Mm -hmm. you can sling tasks around just by associating a hashtag to it, and make sure it shows up in the right place. Um, You know, those are the kinds of features we're talking about, you may want to choose a system that has both start dates and end dates versus just end dates, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Todoist is an end date only system. Although I think they have, I think in the beta, they do have start dates, like they're really working on start dates. But if if you need two sets of dates so that something doesn't show up until a certain time, you need to pick one of the tools that actually has start dates and end dates uh, right. to work with your field. So those are the kinds of things we're thinking about. And I think that's really important to embrace that mm-hmm. when you hear someone say this is the best thing ever for X, is it the best thing ever for you? Absolutely. And whatever you can configure to make it work better for your brain, that's going to be the best tool. It's so true. And uh, just to add to that, when you if you were to look at the the members of the GPS um, membership, yeah, there is such a wide variety of what people use. It's it, it just really justifies what you just said. It really, it's just the tool. It's its what you make out of it, how it works for you. So I think that's just a great, great thing to, to say. One last thing I want to um, end on of uh, another reason that systems fail. It's that out of sight, out of mind again. You simply mm-hmm. forget to use the system. And yeah. There's nothing, you know, this is just what it is. I forgot to open it up. I forgot, like, I just got so um, focused on doing the work that I didn't, you know, I didn't plan. I didn't look. And this is so true and it happens. But uh, I got to tell you, until the systems are trusted and you really do use it on a daily basis and the habits are in place, and even then, you'd probably need a reminder on a daily basis to do your daily plan (laughs) or to look at your calendar or right. Right. Because 
ADHD is ADHD. You're going to get distracted. It's going to be an internal or external distraction. You're going to get an email that pops up and you're going to feel like it's, you know, you have to be a firefighter. These things happen. We, we need these scaffolding tools, these reminders to say, Hey, Pete, don't forget to look, look at your calendar today so that you feel more on top of your day. And it feels like you're giving in to actually uh, use the meta nature of planning to to actually use a tool to help your brain plan better, right? That next level, it feels like, oh, God, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to do this. But the truth is, why? Why shouldn't you why? have to do this? Like, why do you care so much about the letting the tool help you remember? I do it every day. I have me the tasks too. that in there that help me to re uh, to re- review the next day. If mm-hmm. I don't, I literally will not do it. And you would think the end of the day would be a reminder. Like literally the sun going down might be a reminder that I have to plan tomorrow. And it's not. It's not. And it, and it won't be. And that's the thing is that, you know, we have to remember that that's something that is a continuous scaffolding structure that we need to have is to remember these things. And I, I, I also want to make a point that when we talk about planning systems and we're, and we'll at some point talk about the routines and, 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 you know, what it looks like to do a daily plan. We're also not looking at a lot of time. Mm-hmm. How much time, Pete, do you think you take to open up your computer and look at the day and look at your task manager? Ten How minutes. much time? 10 minutes? 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I would like for say my planning at the end of the day and another too. in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And then the only time I'm bouncing back to the task managers to check things off as I do them. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm doing too. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the calendar. I want to know what appointments do I have today? How much time do I have in between appointments? And that gives me an idea of what I can work on or not work on. Mm-hmm. And then I look at the task manager and I can see like, okay, I'll probably be able to get a couple of these things done, but I know I'm not going to have enough time to get all of this. I'm okay with that. Because yeah. in TickTick, we have duration dates that I love. Mm-hmm. And um, and it takes less than 10 minutes. Yeah. It's not time consuming. You know, I think part of the part of the the challenge though is mm-hmm. figuring out your strategic use of notifications, right? Because right. one of the one of the things in your outline is bold print. You forgot to use your system. Well, part of the reason that you might be forgetting to use your system is because even if you have a task that says four o'clock, like I do review tomorrow, if if you have surgically removed notifications, all of them, or you have too many notifications that you're blind to all of them, then that's a problem. And so part of trusting the system is enabling the right notifications to get through when you need them and to know that any notification that hits your phone is one you need to pay attention to. And I find that all the time people are like, well, I don't even see my notifications. Well, again, back to point number one, your tool is doing what you asked it to do. It's doing what it was designed to do. It's reminding you to do this thing at that time. If your notifications are a constant river of notifications from all the different social media networks, et cetera, you're not going to see it. Or if you have responded to the river of notifications by turning them all off, you're not going to see it. And so I, I do think that's another piece, making sure you understand how notifications work on your device and shutting off the ones that aren't important to you being productive if productivity is your goal. Right. So, so true. Love it. All right. So you might resonate with one of these, maybe all of them. Who knows? 
Um, But we, as I said at the beginning of the show, what we do know is that the more aware you are of what's going on and where maybe your gaps are, uh, the closer you are to focusing on those solutions. So we hope that this was helpful and insightful and uh, that our listeners can do something with it. Yeah, maybe. Just pick one thing. Just pick one thing. Give it a try. Give it a try. Give it a try. That's right. Uh, this has been great. And you know what? I didn't even talk about uh, learned helpless, helplessness or explanatory style theory. I didn't even talk about it. We're going to have to bookmark that for next time. I didn't. Yeah. Spoiler. Or go listen to the Optimism episode. Talked a lot about it during the Optimism episode. So uh, that's it. That's all we've got. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to the show. We appreciate your time and your attention. Don't forget, if there's something you'd like to contribute to the conversation, head over to the Show Talk channel in the Discord server, and you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level or better, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer and electronic planning systems everywhere, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. <laughs>